0: This is the Birth, Baby and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess and we're lowering our standards in episode number 191. Welcome to the Birth, Baby and Life podcast. The tips, tools and straight talk you want for pregnancy, childbirth and bringing up baby. And now your host, Kristen Burgess. Hey mama, We are going to talk about how to juggle life, including the housework, and find time for what matters the most in today's episode. My name is Kristen Burgess, and I work with pregnant and new mamas who want to have a great pregnancy as well as a beautiful, even sacred, natural birth experience. And I also work with moms who want to intentionally create a peaceful home that is filled with the laughter of a happy family and healthy kids. Now, here's a question. Can you have it all? How do you handle housework in a busy life that comes with working, caring for small children, taking care of the house, and juggling all of your other responsibilities? The truth is everybody today is busy, and moms struggle with serious guilt about everything, particularly how busy they are and how difficult it can feel to try and juggle everything. I hope this episode will leave you feeling encouraged that you are doing enough and that you have time for your family, for your work, for your home, and yourself. And next week I'm also going to talk a little bit more about kind of this work-life balance thing, but hopefully today is going to give you a taste of really some practical strategies that I think can help you. The first thing that we want to do when we think about, okay, how do we juggle everything? Kristen, you're telling me to ditch the housework. What does that even mean? And I promise I'm going to come back to the housework. But the first thing I want to talk about time and how time is a cornerstone and how understanding your time is a cornerstone that's important to understand. My personal situation is one that often feels impossible. Like I I think that when people look at my life from the outside, sometimes they think it is impossible. I'm juggling school to begin with. Like I'm currently taking a full course load because I'm working towards finishing the bachelor's degree that I didn't finish when I got pregnant with my first baby. And I'm also working on getting my midwifery didactic certificate, even though I'm not doing my clinicals right now. I want to get through the academic portion. And I also homeschool my kids, which is a full-time job. I also parent my children. And hey, I'm just going to say, when you sit down and think about it, parenting, especially if you're parenting intentionally, and I can do a full episode on this at another time if you're interested in it. But I mean, a lot of times I think we think, oh, parenting requires a lot because we have to cook for these kids and we got to do their laundry and we got to run them places and take them places and, and play with them. But the reality is, is that actually teaching our children, not homeschooling them, but teaching children, helping them grow to be happy and healthy adults. Like if you're actively taking a hand in that and teaching your children how to get through life as an emotionally healthy human being, it takes a lot of time. And I realize that for me, it takes an extra exponential amount of time because I have a whole bunch of kids in my house. And when I think about helping them and then helping each one of them with each of their relationships, that's exponential. But even if you have just one or two kids, it is a huge, huge commitment and a huge responsibility to help raise these people up, to be aware, intelligent, conscious human beings who are emotionally healthy and able to work through life, making the world a better place. That takes a lot of time. So I'm parenting my kids and I'm also running my business. And I will admit that at times throughout the last four and a half years and recovering from crisis and that sort of thing, I've let my business slide a bit. But for the most part, I've been trying to juggle all of these things and I do it alone, which I often really feel that. And so I wonder, like, how does that impact my ability to be present for my kids? And I want to ask you, what does your life look like? Because it, you may feel like, well, mine doesn't look as crazy as yours, Kristen. But your life probably does look crazy. You've got a lot going on. That's one of the things that I've learned is that all moms have a lot going on. And most of us are really working towards things, including personal goals. Like I would say that finishing my degree is really a personal goal for myself because I will give you a secret. I'm doing right now what I want to do, which is I want to teach mamas to have healthy babies and happy, intentional homes. And I like working one-on-one with moms, and I like teaching classes, and I like doing podcasts, and that's what I want to keep doing. Doing. But I also want to be done with my bachelor's degree because it feels important to me. And I also think that figure, finishing my midwifery academics is good and helps me with what I'm doing right now. So, But we could say that those are professional goals or those are personal goals that I have. And I believe that you probably have those as well too. And they may like for me also involve your family. Like I have goals like making a happy home for my kids and having a warm and loving atmosphere in our home and having emotionally healthy kids and and that sort of thing. But you probably are juggling hopes and dreams for yourself as well as hopes and dreams for your family. And just then also day to day, everybody's life is full of these things. And if you feel like my life isn't quite as full because I feel overwhelmed and how do I even do anything for me, I especially want you to listen to this episode because I want you to find things that help your soul sing. And those things may be directly related to your home and family. I do not think that's wrong. Sometimes when I'm I'll, when I'm talking to my counselor, I like talk about how I really enjoy being in the kitchen and and homemaking and that sort of thing and I think he looks at me kind of like, "What, you know, maybe this is some oppression manifesting in this woman, but I really do think that some of us um, derive joy from that. And if that's you, that's cool. But I think that none of us derive joy from when you feel overwhelmed or when you feel like there's no outlet for your creativity and who you are and whatever that might be. So yeah, think about your life. It's probably crazy in its own unique way. It likely brings its own challenges. And how do we juggle it all? How do you juggle it all? What do you do? What do you not do? What do you let go? That's why it's so important to understand your time. And that's why I started this episode saying I want you to understand your time. Because I want to break down the myth that you do not have time for your family, for your career, for yourself. Every one of us gets 168 hours in our week. Every single one of us. So there's a book called 168 Hours by Laura Vanderkam. It's a great book. I think it's really, really good. It talks about Time management and productivity and that sort of thing. From a woman's perspective, hello, which is something we have not really had too much of. And really, um, Lisa from organized 365, I'm going to talk about her some more too. Uh, she says, you know, we have all this productivity stuff out there, but it's all geared towards men, which just doesn't always jive with what works for a woman who's mothering and busy or who is being a woman, which is probably a more nurturing role. Like even women who do not have kids of their own seem to take a more nurturing role in the world. So they're giving out more of themselves than, you know, men I think serve in their own ways, but it's different. I definitely believe that the masculine and feminine energies can be different, even if we see overlap in both. And so when we have women... Sometimes the traditional productivity advice, like grind, 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 back to the wall, just do it, just do it, just do it, doesn't feel like it resonates or it leaves you feeling exhausted or it's like, okay, how do I do that? So I like Lars information because it speaks to women. So she's got that book and she's got a couple other books. I'll link to them in the show notes, but... Every one of us gets 168 hours. And so I want to encourage you to think about what goes into that container. And what Laura encourages you to do is to log your time. And I think this is really valuable. Like if you're in the immediate postpartum period, if you are listening to this while you are nursing your three-day-old baby, please do not do that. But in a few weeks, even in a couple weeks, you might start by logging when your baby's sleeping. And then you might move into logging your time. And we're going to talk a lot about practical tips for intentionally using your time. But I want you to get an idea about where your time is going and what you're doing. Because the truth is, is that most adults have time for work, for family, and for self. What Laura found, she discovered that there are a couple of pretty pervasive myths. Like number one, most of us feel like we don't get enough sleep. And the reality is, is that most people do get enough sleep. People, and this is not just Laura's research. This is her collating other research that shows that most adults get about seven and a half hours of sleep, which for most is adequate. Now some people need more. My best friend needs more sleep than that. And I don't know if I need less sleep or if I'm just accustomed to it, but I know because I, you know, in today's world of gadgets, you can often see how much sleep you're getting or the quality of sleep that you're getting. But I know that I don't I don't hit that (laughs) as a normal sleep, but I do something that Laura points out that people do, which is on a couple days a week, like on the weekends, I will sleep in a bit extra. So that adds to my sleep balance for the week. And we find that most of us, you know, most adults get enough sleep. And then also another pervasive myth is that I'm always working. Like I work 60 or 80 hour weeks. And the reality is, is that most people don't. When you look at how much time is spent doing actual work activities, the average that Laura found in her research was about 44 hours, which that's full time and that's pretty reasonable. And of course, that's not counting like taking care of the home and the family. But if we think about it, like if you have 168 hours and then you have, you know, you're working 44 hours, then I, and I'm, I'm going to do some math here because I didn't do the math in my notes so let's say that you're sleeping seven and a half hours, seven days a week. So that's 52 hours plus 44 hours. That gives us 96.5 hours. So we'll just round that and say 98. Maybe you say, okay, well, I definitely work more than that, Kristen. So 168 minus 98, that gives you another 70 hours in the week to do other things. And so even if that includes housework and family and relationships and stuff, that's, that's a pretty fair amount of hours that you can do other things and that you can fit more in. So that's the beauty in logging as you start to realize that. And Laura logs on a spreadsheet and I like time blocking, which I'll come back to. Um, and I like Cal Newport, which I don't think I put him in the show notes. So I'll put him there. Uh, he wrote the book deep work. So Cal Newport talks about time blocking and he has a time block journal that I've used some and it's pretty cool because it gives you a you get to plan out your day like your blocks of time in one column and then he's actually got I think three additional columns for you to go and write in what you actually did during those times and I still use a spreadsheet similar to that now because for me it helps to plan out how I'm going to do my day and then write out what I actually did. And I try and jot down throughout the day because I often realize that, okay, I allocated 30 minutes for this and it ended up taking an hour and a half because, well, I had 50 million kid interruptions in between and blah, 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 blah. So when I write down, it helps me to get a picture. And that can help, especially if you're mothering and you're with your kids and you're trying to do stuff while you're with your kids it can help you be realistic about putting in buffer time because, and I, I don't even think I put that in the practical notes that just came to me right now. But, but you may need to real, or you may come to realize I need to allocate buffer time. So if I believe that this task is going to take me 30 minutes, but I have my kids underfoot, I may need to give myself a 20 or 30 minute buffer time because I'm going to have to stop and meet their needs, or stop and handle sibling squabbles, or stop and help somebody wipe, and that kind of thing. You know, your, your mom. But when you start to understand how you're actually using your time, however you might do that, it's like I tell moms, I've been talking about pregnancy diet in in the past few weeks, so that's on my brain. You know, I tell moms to keep a food log to get an accurate picture of what you're actually eating. And then I would encourage you to keep a time log because it's really going to help. It's going to help you figure out how you're using your time and see places where you may be using your time that is downtime, but it's not optimal. So... I also want to acknowledge, before we jump into more practical things, because this time log is going to become more practical, is I want to talk about early mothering is really a unique time, and I want to honor that. And you may not be a productivity machine during this time, and you may not desire to be a productivity machine during this time. I just described the fact that if you're mothering and you're trying to do something while you're mothering your children... You may end up spending a lot of time parenting them while you're doing that. And if you're nursing your baby, you're going to spend a lot of time nursing your baby. But one thing, uh, this is something that I noticed because I had eight children across the course of 16 plus years. When my older kids were new babies, I would get a few books from the library and have those settle beside me. And I would use time when they were nursing, once they were settled in and really nursing, I would read. And I would often choose, I don't read fiction very often, but I would often choose a fiction book or two, like just before my baby's due date, and that was a treat for me. But when my later babies came along, I didn't feel like I was, I didn't feel like I used that time quite so well, because I had a smartphone, or there were, you know, you could binge watch, or I could even kind of try and balance my baby on one side and my laptop or tablet on the other side and work while I was nursing my baby. And I'm not going to say that that's a bad thing, but it's just a difference in life as a mom. And it kind of points out that, yeah, we, we may have downtime, like even when you're nursing your baby, there may be downtime. But there may be times that you utilize your downtime that build you up and times that don't. Like scrolling through social media. So that's just something not to induce guilt, but it's something to bring awareness to you as you think about these things and you think about, okay, what's going to serve me and what's going to serve my family the most with my time. So be honest with yourself and note how you're using your time. And also, if there are times that you feel like, okay, this is just time that needs to be taken up by mothering. Like for me, I really think I need to put just an hour on my schedule somewhere that just says parenting. And then as I use chunks of time throughout the day for parenting, I know I've got that hour coming up that's scheduled for parenting because of course parenting is a 24-7 job. You can't schedule it into an hour, but but I'll use that hour to try and catch up on some of the things that I didn't do. So I want to honor you with what I'm saying with that is I want to honor you that i I realize that life as a mother is crazy and you're not going to be some super high efficient business executive who has a secretary who helps him or her manage everything. But you can learn a lot um, about yourself and your time use habits and ways that you could perhaps optimize those or be more intentional with that. I love that word intentional because productivity and optimization kind of, they feel really like man goal oriented and maybe you don't want that to be what defines this time in your life. But you do want to be intentional and you probably want to create an atmosphere or a feeling in your home. And understanding where your time goes and then being intentional about that gives you the time and the space and the energy to do that. And that energy could be literally like, I don't feel fatigued so I can do this. But also this kind of, um, you know, the spiritual metaphysical energy. Like I like the way that Waldorf education describes it as the Madonna's cloak and I've talked about that some on the live videos that I do in the Facebook group I can't remember if I've talked about that maybe I have talked about that some on the podcast in the stress episode I might have talked about that but it's just this you know this feeling that comes when mama you know in the south we said if mama ain't happy ain't no one happy and that's the same thing just said less elegantly but it's just this feeling and this sense and this atmosphere that you're able to create and to embody when you feel better, like this morning, as I was, you know, getting the kids through their morning, I was, I was stressed. It was snowing really heavy. It, the snow's turned to rain now, but I knew I was going to have to drive. I'm, I'm recording this podcast just before an appointment. And, and I was st- stressed because I've got a lot on my mind, had a tough weekend and I could feel like that tension and it, it wasn't what I wanted for my kids, but emotionally I was kind of tapped out. So I was just focusing on, okay, stay even and calm and know that you're going to have a little bit of time to recharge this evening. Um, you know, so it's just this, this place of thinking about okay, I want to be intentional, if not perfect, and, and the atmosphere that I want to create is important, and and we work to do that, and we realize we're cognizant of the fact that the tension levels in the house. Like I knew that if I didn't work to stay on an even keel, even when I was feeling like my cup was pretty empty, so to speak, uh, that my kids would start kind of losing it, and I feel like I did well because they they did well this morning. Um, but it's, you know, it's just awareness of that impact that you have and that by starting to understand your time and shape your life intentionally, which you have the power to do mama. If nobody's told you that I'm, I'm telling you that. And I want you to hear that you have the power to intentionally shape your life. And by getting an idea of how you spend it right now, it starts helping you have that power. I also want to acknowledge that I know there are other issues that can affect your time and your ability to use your time and shape it intentionally. I'm no stranger to trauma and depression and that downward spiral and how those things can sap your energy and your willpower and your ability to do anything. And I would encourage you, if you're in one of those places, seek out resources. Go back to the stress episode. I talked some about this on that episode. And seek out those resources that can help you to get what you need to feel like you're able to get in a better place. And also be gentle with yourself. If you need to be in survival mode for a time, then be in survival mode for a time and start now asking yourself, what if, you know, what if things get to feel better? And what if I get to start doing better? And what if I can create a vision now and start taking baby steps to it soon? Those are good questions to ask yourself and just start dreaming and thinking about how you want to be intentional as you're able to move past that. And, and two, even if you jot down throughout the day, what you've done throughout the day, you might start to realize there are pockets of time where you can be more intentional. Now, let's get talking about why why do you need to ditch the housework? Why did I title this episode dropping the housework? I really care about my home. Like for me, a clean house equals peace of mind. I feel really good when my house is clean. But I also have reasonable standards. Like I am NOT gonna make a 1950s housewife competition, even though I feel like my standards for cleanliness are you know, I want a clean house, but I never dust. I don't worry too much about detail cleaning. And I believe in just getting like, as I was helping Phoenix is learning to fold his own laundry. He's five and we're working on the art of folding laundry. And it's like, okay, here's your basket, throw your undies in. I, I fold my underwear kind of sometimes. Um, but, I do not have him fold his. And if I just put my underwear in so it looks like pretty colorful blobs in my drawer some days, that feels successful. Some days I feel like actually folding it. Uh, I've recently switched to a different underwear brand, and I feel like they are just kind of, you know, they work okay in a little ball and not as well folded up as standard old cotton undies. But anyways, weird, weird things that come out in these podcasts. I know, I know you're listening to me like, Kristen, where are you going with this? But I I just want to encourage you that lowering... Lowering your housework standards can be really helpful, which is why I talked about lowering your standards, because housework is something that we can just let go of. Like dads seem to get this. They care less about the standards of home and they tend to favor playing with their kids over like keeping the house running. And you might be like, well, that's because I'm keeping the house running. But there are single dads out there. Who spend time with their kids and who also manage to keep a household running. And so that's just a different paradigm to look at. We're kind of in the last few episodes, we're kind of looking at different paradigms. Moms today spend time working, and this is something we'll dive into more next week as well. But moms today tend to work outside the home more than they did in the past. So I will argue that we've had working moms for a long time. Uh, But Today, moms actually spend more time playing with their children than they did in the past. Like if we look at moms today compared to say moms in the 1960s or earlier, mothers today spend more time with their kids. And the reason is they spend less time on the housework. That is the thing in Lara Vanderkamp's research that she found got the boot, was the housework. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they've outsourced housework, but It does mean that household standards are lower on the whole. And I'm not saying you need to live in a pigsty because I do not want to live in a pigsty. Like I am, especially in the kitchen, I'm a minimalist. I like kind of nothing on the counters, even though we do have small appliances that we use. I use my KitchenAid almost every week. I use my blender frequently. But I actually put those appliances away when we're done. The only thing that's on my countertop is a little Breville oven. Because I like to be able to wipe down my countertops quick and easy because I like my kitchen to be sparkling so that it, it doesn't have a backsplash right now. So it wouldn't make a Martha Stewart commercial, but maybe it would make a Mr. Clean commercial about real families and you would be able to see like the ding for the clean, right? I like that. I like having vacuumed floors. I like having a picked up house. I was, you know, I was kind of on a mini war path this morning because we had snow and my kids, of course, wanted to go out and around the snow. And then they came in and immediately there's like snow boots and white coats everywhere. And I am like, you guys are coming in here. And even though we don't have the big coat rack in, you can hang these things up right here, 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 and here, <laughs> you know? So I'm not arguing for chaos or anarchy or for living in a pigsty but i am arguing for you to again intentionally think through your standards and shape them. and so so this has been a little bit of ideological thought and i really kind of want to jump into practical strategies and we're going to we're going to bounce off of that starting with that lowering your housework standards. like men and women again just see housework differently. Uh, Men tend to have lower standards and they still get through life. And a lot of men have lower standards, even though they're pretty neat. They put their laundry in the hamper, they take out their trash, they clear their places, but they just have lower standards. One of the things is like there seems to be this I'm going to hold myself up to the standard of a 1950s housewife who is working at home. And I have mad props for that 1950s housewife because my ideal occupation outside of, you know, mothering and teaching moms, how to have healthy babies and beautiful births and intentional homes, is being a homemaker. I love it. I really do. And so, you know, I'm coming from a perspective, of even more that's something that I like, I realize that, you know, that's just not a standard that's going to be fitting or practical for my life today. Because I am a student and I am trying to work on the business. And as soon as I've graduated from school, I'm hoping to put most of those hours Maybe some for myself, but most of those hours into working on, you know, growing natural birth and baby care and helping more women. And that'll take time. And most of us today are in that same place. So don't compare yourself to a woman who is probably mythical anyways, but who had different standards and a different life than yours. And think about how do we develop standards that allow us to keep the home the way that we want it to while also... Uh, not being unrealistic or feeling like we have to dedicate all of our time to housework. Like, just choose not to do things. Ask yourself, what can you take off your plate? And that can be things around the house, like dusting. I never dust. I I might have kids assigned to dust here and there throughout the week, but I would say very little dusting goes on in our house. There are other things that are higher priority, priority, like vacuuming, that do go on in our house, but I don't dust. And like my room, I try to keep it pretty clean and my bathroom pretty clean. And, you know, I don't give much attention to those because I'm not cluttering them up. And they're little oases of peace. And that's another, t- another tip for you. If you're like me and you really thrive on clean, then you might have a room in your house that you keep really nice. And, and the ch- kids just aren't there. Like it might be your bedroom. I have a chair in my bedroom, a recliner in my bedroom that I read in at night, after I put the younger kids to bed, my teenager's still up, but put the younger kids to bed and, you know, I, I go in there with the dog and, and read or putter and do whatever. And that's my little oasis. That room is clean and calm and it's mine. Most of the time, sometimes I stack stuff up in there and then I realize I need to clean it out. So, you know, you can choose, okay, I'm going to let standards slide elsewhere, but I'm going to have this one little place that's perfect. You can choose, I'm just not going to do things like dusting, um, you know, and I, I I talked about this a lot uh, in the episodes on what to do when people disagree with your birth plans and also in the husband on how to help your birth partner help you more. I talked about language to use when talking with your husband or partner, and you can go back to those episodes if you want to refer to that. So just remember, like it wouldn't be something like, You know, you never take the trash out. You never help with the dishes, blah, 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 blah. When you're thinking about how can I take stuff off my plate. Um, But it could be that you talk about, you know what, I feel really overwhelmed. I don't want to do the dishes and the trash and pick up all the kid toys every night. What do you think we should do about that? That's a way to kind of open him up to brainstorming and also let your needs be known. I don't want, can be really powerful. And if you do it with your kind of your guard down, your defenses down, so he looks at you and realizes you're not angry, then he's more likely to problem solve. But another option is just, you know, just don't do them and just say, you know, I'm overwhelmed. I just I just can't do it everything and this is what I decided I'm not gonna do. And you might find that some slack gets taken up. Now you can get outside help if it really helps you. Some some people would think, okay, well what Kristen is saying is that I need to hire somebody to clean up the house or to clean the house and that might not necessarily be the solution that works best for you and your family, especially if you end up cleaning for the cleaning people. Uh, I, I've really tried to work into our routine where we're picking up because the thing with kids is like, if every kid takes out 10 things a day, just 10 things a day, ha ha ha. Like that's realistic. It's more like a 5,000. But if every kid takes out just 10 things a day and you got three kids, that's 30 things. If you got four, that's 40 things. You know, if you got eight, like I had at my house, that was 80 things. And that's just a, a very, 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 um, you know, skimpy 10 things, unrealistic number. So, I've tried to work into our day like picking up a few times a day. And that's another tip is set if you are home with your kids, set times that you're going to stop and clean up. And definitely try and teach your kids to clean up after themselves. But, you know, we're going to clean up. We're going to do this cleanup time now. We're going to pick up because that can help you if you do hire a cleaning service. You don't, because that's the big thing that needs to be done is picking up. So if you make picking up part of your regular routine, then it can make sense to hire a cleaning service. But if you're going to clean everything just for them to come in and clean, then maybe you're not saving any time. So make sure that it's a sum total of saving of time. Now, I will say I do have a cleaning service come in every two weeks. I wish I could have them come in every week, and maybe one day that will be a reality for me but it is something that I I sacrifice budget for because it does give me peace of mind and it gives a baseline clean. Um, And like I said, like talking about my room and my bathroom, that cleaning every two weeks is adequate enough for like my toilet and my sinks and usually my vacuum. I don't have to vacuum my room or really do much else cleaning in my room. That baseline clean that she does every couple weeks is enough for me. And then the baseline clean that she does in the kitchen lasts for a little bit and the vacuuming for a little bit, not very long. But for me, the, the ability to come in on that day that, that she's cleaned or be there when she leaves if I'm home when she's working is just priceless. But I want you to think really honestly, not just about budget, but will it really help or are you going to feel like you have to do a lot of cleaning for the cleaning lady to come? It may not be as good of an idea as it may intuitively seem. Another thing that can really help is to batch. And I would definitely recommend that you do this. Like batch your housework and your cooking if you can do that. That's one of the things that I try and do is batch cooking. I'm usually doing a little bit extra cooking on Fridays because uh, our family's getting ready to observe the Sabbath. And I like to do a nice meal on Friday nights and I like to have food that's ready to go for Saturday. And so I'm doing a little bit of batching anyways. And so I'll try and do batching for the week if I need to. Another thing that I've tried to do is really simplify my dinners so that on most nights of the week it's really quick and easy to pull together supper and then we have our fancier meal (laughs) for those weekend meals and that's another thing um and also I will occasionally do freezer meal batches where I I plan intentionally across a couple weeks where you know four or five of those nights I'm gonna plan to I usually triple or quadruple a recipe you could just double if your family isn't as big as mine but I will usually triple or quadruple a recipe that's pretty simple to do that with like lasagna or meatballs or something and put that in the freezer and then those are there for those busier nights and and just there for me to use even in the routine meal plan but with less prep going forward. So that is a, that's batching meals and that can really help. And batching housework can really help. So if you know that okay, at this time of the week, we're going to do house cleaning then, you know, like for us on Friday morning, because we know that we're going to have the Sabbath coming and we're going to try and relax and that sort of thing. I know that we're going to do some batch cleaning at that time. Now, I do have my kids assigned to do some bigger cleaning tasks each afternoon because they have more free time than I do. Uh, But that's, you know, a bigger time that we do cleaning. And then I usually have a little period in the morning because I prepare their breakfast right now. Uh, Sometimes I'll have a kid do breakfast, but currently I'm, I'm doing the meal preparation most days. And so I have a little bit of a period of time and I'll do tidying and stuff around the house at that time. And if it doesn't get done, then it probably isn't getting done the rest of the day and it's okay. And I like that time because I like for my kids to wake up to, you know, food going and it's pertinent again. Now, as I'm recording this, we've got the wood stove going and, um, I, I like them to have a nice cozy morning and, I, and and for me that piece is nice. So I usually put on a little music, maybe do some essential oils, have breakfast cooking, have the stove going and I'll also tidy a little bit if I need to and maybe get a load of laundry going and again if it doesn't get going now. One thing Laura Vanderkam talks about is batching your laundry and I think if you're doing all the laundry that is a great idea. For me I've got kids again who are doing laundry and I'm kind of going back and forth maybe we should do just like one or two laundry days and just keep the laundry going all day and I'll just say okay boys your turn now, girls your turn now, but right now I have boys and girls laundry on different days. So I think you can look at at the ages of the people in your house and what they're capable of. Like if you have kids you would Please don't feel guilty about delegating to kids who are old enough to help out. Um, But, you know, it may make sense to batch things like laundry as well. So look at what you can batch. Please let somebody else do your shopping. That's one of the gifts for most of us of the post-COVID world is most stores now offer uh, where they'll either deliver your groceries, which would be ideal. I live too far away for that to happen because we live out in the country. But... I They'll bring it out to the car. So it takes me a fraction of the time that it would take me to go into the store to be able to go online and choose our groceries. And we often, like, I usually do a big grocery load once a month with non-perishables and freezer stuff, and then a smaller load for dairy and veggies and that sort of thing each week. And those things are often similar, like it's milk every week, you know. Um, and so it's really quick and easy because I... I do my online shopping with Walmart and Walmart has it so you know you can just click to reorder frequently ordered items and it just puts them in the cart and I just take literally 30 seconds to go and and uncheck anything that I don't need that week and then another few minutes to put in something that I need that week that I might not normally need like a spice and then I just go and pick it up when I'm in town anyways for another appointment right now we're in the school year so scouts have started back so we're at scouts every Monday night and uh, this year all of my kids are old enough for scouts which is a huge wonderful thing and so I can just run over there and work in the Walmart parking lot for a little bit then pick up my groceries and go back and get the kids and I have a little bit of time for myself and I've gotten the groceries and it just takes so much less time so please if at all possible let somebody else do your shopping and then if you can order things online to have them delivered do that and don't feel guilty about those things because those are like mom hacks that really help you and give you time for what matters the most. So let someone else do your shopping. Okay, this this episode is just really a mix of practical ideas that I hope will really help you realize how you can start to capture more of your time for what you want to do with it. So I want to encourage you to declutter, but do it slowly over time if you need to. Start by thinking of strategies to use less, Like, can you use water bottles for water instead of cups? Can you have fewer pairs of shoes for your kids? Can you have fewer outfits for your kids? overall. Can you have fewer toys? I've really gotten to the point. I mean, I maybe he'll listen to this in the future and be horrified. But when I thought about what to get for Phoenix for his birthday this year, I honestly sat down and thought about what is something that can go with something else we already have. And so I ended up getting a magnet tiles, which he was thrilled with because I found a set that had some pieces that we didn't have. And you know, they're his magnet tiles, but they can go with the other magnet tiles because I don't want to keep adding stuff at this point. It just, it creates chaos in my home. And I've, I've gotten to where, you know, it's like, what can I do? What can we spend money on? We can go for an experience. We went to the zoo in the fall and that was a lot of fun. And, um, I've been thinking about, okay, what children's museums, what museums, what, uh, symphonies or whatever, you know, we have a interlocking school for the arts. is relatively, relatively near us. What can we go to, What experiences can I spend money on rather than stuff? Because we want to declutter. I I mentioned Lisa of Organize 365 a little while ago, and I want to come back to her because she has, I've used her Sunday basket system for quite a while to help myself plan weekly what I need to do for the home. And I also do planning for homeschool and I do planning for the business as well on that day. I'm um, using many of her systems. She's just wonderful. But she has a uh, system called the Productive Home Solution, which I love because it's meant to last a year. And it kind of baby steps you through how to work on your house. And she talks about organization and the stages of organization and, and declutter. And I think she's she's got a podcast, the Organized 365 Podcast. And she has podcast episodes that dive into this, so I may try and find them and link to them. But she talks about how decluttering is the first step, and then organizing is the second step, and then increasing productivity and efficiency is the third step. And like if you were talking Lisa Cycles, you would be taking a year or maybe two years to declutter and then work on organizing and then that efficiency piece. And of course, you could do some as you went along, but she really wants to make things efficient. Sorry, ladies, I got a train going by. Um, but she really wants to make things efficient or, or, or realistic for women who are busy and who are juggling a lot. And so that might mean that you need to take time. Again, we're lowering our standards. We're adjusting our expectations. And if you want to have somebody hold your hand, like as you, specifically focus on decluttering and organizing your home. I I highly recommend Lisa's systems like I have invested a lot into her programs and I cannot even tell you the dividends of peace of mind and joy that I have gotten from from her, you know, from her systems and her products. So, you know, this, I don't I don't think I have an affiliate link for. Her. I don't know if she's got an affiliate program. If she does, it will probably be the link that I have below, but I'm just making that recommendation because I literally found her at a time when my life was in shambles and I was in survival mode and her systems were the key to me starting to turn around and really actually feel like, you know, like this fall, the beginning of this school year that we just had a few, you know, months ago um, or several weeks ago, really, I feel like just night and day difference. And I'm so proud of how far we've come and I'm so proud of what I've been able to do with my home and her systems have really helped. So that's a little you know, singing praises for Lisa. But what I wanted to say with that is, is you know, her, her strategy of, of doing it over time, slowly and realistically, I think makes a big difference. And, and the sum total difference that it makes is huge. Like for me, the sum total difference of small baby steps towards getting more and more um, with her guidance and then just with decisions that I've made for myself has really ended up freeing me a lot of time uh, and a lot of mental energy as well. I mentioned this already, but please delegate to your kids it realize that this will take more time at first. Like you're going to have to take some time to teach them and to do it with them. Like I haven't done a great job teaching Phoenix to fold the laundry yet because I haven't really taken the time to sit down with him and teach him. Okay. We can throw all your undies in a basket, but let's try and put your shirts in and some semblance of folded. Let's fold your pants over and stack them neatly kind of thing. I haven't sat down and done that with him yet because that takes time. So do realize that if you need to delegate or if you're going to delegate to your kids, it, it might take a little more. More time at first, but the dividends really pay off. I would say that even with having to ride herd on my kids and remind them to do work and that sort of thing, it does save me time to have them do the tasks that I've delegated to them, which at this point, as I'm recording this, I've got a 17-year-old, a 14-year-old, an 11-year-old, a 9-year-old, a 7-year-old, and a 5-year-old at home. And it, you know, they can do a lot around the house because there's a wide age range. There's a wide skill range, a wide capability. Like my seven year old isn't doing dishes right now, but I change over household chores once a year. And I do it at the beginning of the year because, um, I'm doing school year stuff at the beginning of the school year. So I do housework at a slightly different time. Another good time would be in the summer when you might have more time to teach. But for me, it just has ended up being at the beginning of the year during winter break because I'm kind of brainstorming about the next year anyways. But um, I'll probably teach my, or I'll have my seven-year-old take over one of the dishwashing days, which is loading the dishwasher for us mostly. And that'll ease up the burden on everybody else. And, you know, so it just, you can figure out how to balance things and put in a system into place may require some thought and some planning and some strategy to begin with and then teaching time, but ultimately it pays dividends and it's good for your kids. So that's something that I would consider. Also, be active with parenting and teaching. I can't recommend uh, Nicolene Peck's Teaching Self-Government Enough. Somebody uh, emailed me recently because she had a trauma background and was really unsure about what she should do for child training and helping her child and what she felt comfortable with. And I told her I absolutely recommend Nicolene if you're parenting in the aftermath of trauma and you want to raise emotionally healthy kids. Uh, But she talks, you know, it's really active. Remember I mentioned earlier that parenting is an active thing. It takes a lot of time to parent because you want to raise emotionally healthy healthy kids but when you're active with parenting and when you're teaching your children strategies for disagreeing with you, strategies for handling stress in their life and all those things, then ultimately that pays dividends for you and your family In a family that works together more in a family that gets more done in a family that communicates more effectively and a family that's just able to have more fun because you're not dealing with quite so much. So definitely take time to be active with parenting and active with teaching your children. You just, you have to be strategic and thoughtful, but you can definitely do it and it will pay dividends off and result in in more family fun and more quality time and that's what we really want. Another I in my notes I titled this just set a time and set a tone. So this goes back to the batching, really set a time like if you're going to do housework set a time to do that. And if you're going to do these things, set a time, like I said, the parenting block would be kind of an overflow catch-all because you're parenting throughout the day. But if you're going to teach your children specific skills, like how to do particular chores or how to disagree appropriately, which is a skill that Nicoleen teaches you how to teach your kids, those would be things that you could schedule in a time to do. And then also set the tone. So I like when I do that housework period in the morning where I'm doing that meal prep, it's not very long. I do really simple breakfasts. <laughs> But I call that home blessing time because that's just, I think that I might have gotten that from Fly Lady way back in the day. I haven't used Fly Lady in a while, but I want to give credit where credit is due. Um, But I like that term home blessing because that immediately sets the tone for what I'm trying to do. It's not necessarily housework, but it's blessing my home and blessing my family. And it's just that intentionality that I've encouraged you to think through and to have. And so have that intentionality. Now let's, let's shift back to really looking at your time and your time logs again. Um, you know, you may want to think about your whole week. Don't just think about today. Like if I looked at what can I get done today, it wouldn't be very much. You want to think about your whole week and the context of your whole week. And think about you've got a 168-hour bucket. You can get quite a bit done across the course of that week. And then be intentional with your time. Like things will expand to fill your time. So look at what you're doing with your time. Like if you if you find I'm doing a lot of housework, set a time for that and don't let it expand to fill your time. And also be intentional with downtime. Like the biggest gift that I've given to myself recently is thinking about what I want to do when I have downtime. So instead of just scrolling through Facebook or flipping through web tabs or tabs on my browser, which is definitely something that I can get caught in doing, like looking at Etsy or something, I write down a small list of things I would like to do, which is usually reading various books. Like, I'd like to read this book and this book, and I'd like to do some journaling today. And I do those things on that list and it really makes a difference. So think about look at your time and how you're spending it and when there's time that's downtime, are you being intentional about it? And again, going back to Lisa from Organized 365, she loves puzzles. So she has time that she does puzzles. So again, be intentional about your downtime and what you want to do and be intentional about time with family and friends. Like if you've scheduled time to be with your family, do something you enjoy. I'm not a huge get down on the floor and play with my kids kind of person. I think I've talked about that before, but I definitely schedule time for read-alouds and I schedule time to be in the kitchen with them because I love cooking with my kids. All my kids love cooking, love cooking with them, and we all love read-alouds. So we do those things together. Board games are something that I'm hoping to get in more in our family, so I'm going to start thinking about our Saturdays and when can we have some time this board game time and that sort of thing so those are things that you can think about how can you be intentional with your downtime and how can you be intentional with your relationship time and when you start looking at these times these buckets of time within your greater 168 hour bucket sure there's going to be times that things spill over that kids have meltdowns that you have to stop but when you're more intentional and think about what you'd really like to get done and kind of cut out the fluff and cut out what you don't want to do, you'll realize that you have more time. Another thing, and I don't have time to go into a lot of this, your baby does have a routine. Remember when I encouraged you if you're early postpartum, don't necessarily try and log everything. But I want to encourage you if you feel like I can't do anything because my baby is crazy, I would encourage you to track your baby's sleep and feeds for a couple days not because you want to necessarily put baby on a schedule but because if you do that for two or three or four days you might realize that baby kind of has a schedule and a routine already and you can possibly work on gently shifting that to fit with yours or build your routine around that somewhat that can really help and be eye-opening. I have a baby sleep crib sheet freebie that you can download and it's got a sheet to do that in there so I'm going to put that in the show notes. It's a crib sheet just because that's a, a silly play on words. But definitely think about that if you're thinking, Kristen, things are crazy because I've got a little baby. Your baby has rhythms, just like you probably noticed when you were pregnant that your baby had rhythms. And you can either work with those rhythms or you can start to gently shape those rhythms to fit in with what you want and guide them to where you want them to be. Again, remember, you can be intentional. You are the one who is in charge of your time and your life. Even with kids, You can find ways to shape a life that you enjoy and that has time for the things that you and your kids want. And be creative about with when and how you work. Time blocking, I mentioned that earlier, is something where you take your schedule and you, and you put blocks of time in. And it may be that you're like me. Like I have work time that I can sometimes have a block of work time early in the mornings before the kids wake up. And then I have a block of work time in the afternoon while they're having free time after homeschooling. So you can time block your work and have it broken up. Some moms, you know, they go to work during the day and then they may have another period in the evening where they work for a little bit. Or you work a part time day so that you can be there when the kids are home and then you work again in the evening or early in the morning. So thinking about time blocking and how you can fit in chunks of time like that can help you get things in. It doesn't necessarily all you don't necessarily have to work part time or not work at all, but it may mean that you're kind of working create creatively. And then, you know, the final point that I want to give you is, and I talked about this a little bit, is have a vision. Think about, you know, what if my life or what would I like my life to look like and how would I like my days to go? And having that vision and starting to find practical strategies and baby steps towards making that happen can really help. And keeping that time diary and thinking about lowering those household standards are good baby steps to start with because they can help you. Thanks for listening to the Birth, Baby and Life podcast with Kristen Burgess. For great resources and tons more info, visit www.birthbabylife.com. Visit www.birthbabylife.com.